Welcome to the Shark Bite Show, where we dive into the stories of our members, coaches, friends, and family of Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition. All right, let's roll. Welcome to the Shark Bite Show. Uh, I am here with Kelly Fitzgerald Hunko. I made sure I said that right. You did. Um, one of my my long term friends, a former staff member, uh, now a new mom and a, a member here at the Cape Coral location. Um, we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff because Kelly has a really interesting background, uh, an interesting viewpoint, and a whole lot of stuff to say. So, yes, always. <laughs> here we go, uh, Kelly. So, thank you, thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me on. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Me too. I'm I'm glad we got you on season two. Um, so I'm going to start off with just letting you talk. So who are you? Where are you from? Um, what do you do for work? Stuff like that. Yeah. So my name's Kelly. I am from the suburbs of Philadelphia. I was actually born in Florida in plantation, but my parents moved up to New Jersey when I was really young and then we moved outside of Philly. So I say I'm from there cause that's where I grew up and spent most of my time. And I went to college up there. Um, and for work, I do marketing for an organization called She Recovers, which is recovery for women, by women, for women, and um, do lots of marketing and social media. And I also freelance write, um, and I have a blog. Cool. Uh, <laughs> a pretty famous blog. That's actually what I was going to ask you about next was uh, you run an incredibly popular blog called The Sober Senorita, right? Yes. Um, talk to me about what that is, what its purpose is, how people can find it. Yeah, um, it's funny. I don't know. I don't consider myself famous, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started my blog when I got sober. So some background info. The reason it's called Sober Senorita is because I used to live in Mexico. I lived there for five years. I went after college. And just for anybody who doesn't know, the whole reason I went is because I went on spring break when I was in college and I wanted to party after I graduated more. And I was like, Ooh, what can I do? And I saw these people like working spring break when I was there and they were like reps selling trips and then picking up kids at the airport. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Cause I graduated in December. So it was like right before spring break mm -hmm. season. So let me apply to all these companies. So one hired me and they sent me to Cancun. I stayed for two spring break seasons first, and then I moved there full time. And it was just as insane as everybody thinks it is. And I know a lot of people go there for vacation, so they know. Um, but living there is just like a whole nother level. Um, so yeah, that's why I ended up getting sober there as well. And I had already been blogging like for work. I was doing social media writing, blogging, doing like travel writing. And my coworkers were like, you should start a blog. You're writing so good. Like you have an interesting story and a lot of people I know from there um, are expats um, living in Cancun from Canada, Australia, England, and some of them have blogs. So I was like, okay, sweet, I'll do it. Um, my sister actually thought of the name Sober Senorita, so I got to credit her because um, mm. I was like, well, I'm, like, I was eight months sober at the time. And I was like, what can I call this blog? I want to incorporate my new sobriety. So she's like, what about Sober Senorita? And I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> So I did that. And like, at first I wasn't really sure, like I was going to write about like my sobriety. I wasn't really sure like how to approach it. Cause it was all new to me and I didn't know if I was continued to be sober or what, <laughs> but I ended up writing about some travel writing and like things I would do around in Cancun. And then when I hit one year sober, I wrote my first like blog about sobriety and that ended up going viral and getting picked up by the Huffington Post, which is why my blog became so popular so quickly mm -hmm. and it was really crazy i remember like i got an email from the huffington post like my on my gmail account like hey we want to republish your blog and i was like is this spam <laughs> yeah like, I, I don't what? know if i would believe that immediately <laughs> yeah i 
I did it. And I had my coworkers like read it for me. And I'm like, what do you guys think? They're like, right back. It looks legit. It's like from the real email. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did. And they had me on like HuffPost Live. And then obviously after it went um, live on the Huffington Post, it got shared a million times and all this stuff. And it's been translated into five languages. It's like super crazy because literally the blog was about just like the things I learned during my first year sober. And I was kind of like coming out sober, <laughs> like to everybody that didn't know and sharing it on my own social media. Um, and I was like, holy crap, like people, I guess, want to hear about this. I mean, there weren't a lot of people at that time talking about being sober online. Now there is. Mm -hmm. So that's completely different. Um, but yeah, and I continue to write about my life. I just, I feel like I write less about sobriety now because I've been through so much other stuff mm -hmm. in the last few years. So I get to talk about everything. So it's really fun and it's rewarding for me and for the people that follow my blog and my social media. They're always writing me messages like, thank you so much for talking about this and whatever it is I'm going through. Um, and it's a two way street because I like, you know, have hard days and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like write how I feel. And then people make me feel better with their comments and stuff. So mm -hmm. it, it works both ways. Yeah. Well, and it would kind of have to evolve, right? Because your, your life experiences have evolved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Punch Gunk. Punch Gunk is a pain relief and anti-inflammatory rub. Uh, you put it on your muscles, your joints. You're going to feel a whole lot better if you use it. I know that a couple weeks ago, I had, my back was killing me from a deadlift workout. Couldn't bend over without strong discomfort. One of the players convinced me to use some, uh, rubbed it on my back. About 15 minutes later, I was doing muscle ups and snatches with no pain at all. I absolutely could not believe it, but it's true. They're a supporter of the podcast now. If you want to try it out, go to punchgunk.com. Use code SHARKS10. Uh, you'll get a discount. This stuff is amazing. It's all over my gym now. The Southwest Florida Sharks and the Florida Grid League use it. Big, big, big supporter of it now. Check it out at punchgunk.com. Use code SHARKS10 for a discount. <laughs> um, all right. So what is what is your history in fitness and sports individually? Yeah. So I've always been into fitness. I've been playing soccer since I was like four years old. So mm -hmm. that's like my thing. I'm a soccer player. Um, and I, I remember when I was in third grade, I tried to quit because I... <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. I like was at a camp or something and like running sprints and um, like, you know, when you your windpipe hurts and your chest hurts from like breathing really hard and you're like sprinting and it's like uncomfortable. Mm. It was like the first time I ever like felt that. And I was like, what is this? Uh, eh. Like, <laughs> I hate this. It's so uncomfortable. I'm, I'm quitting. Like, this is not fun. And like I told my mom and she's like, well, I paid for your camp, so you're not going to quit. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And she like basically forced me to keep playing. And I, I was like, I always tell her, I'm like, I'm so glad that you like forced me to keep playing because obviously I love soccer and I still play. But yeah, so on my entire life, I've played soccer. I played in high school, played in college. Um, I play in women's leagues now. So that was like my baseline fitness. I have also did like swim team um, growing up and track and field. Um, but then I got hurt in high school. So I like quit everything except soccer. Um, and then after I got sober is how I found CrossFit. Um, and I had some extra time on my hands. And I was like, I had heard about CrossFit and it looked really intimidating, which mm -hmm. it does for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I even was like, oh, I've already had so many injuries. Is it for me? I don't know. Um, but it looked really cool. So I like wanted to try. And I talked to a, actually a few girls I played soccer with in college that did it. And they were like, you can totally do it. You can scale stuff. It's fine. Like it, they'll work with you on your knees. 
And I was like, okay. So I tried it and I actually did my first on-ramp in Mexico because I was living there at the time. So I started there and then continued when we moved here to Cape Coral. Cool. Yeah. Because you, you told me you actually did your first on-ramp in Spanish, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and you I didn't had, speak Spanish at the time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I spoke a little bit, but not not in anything about like lifting, yeah. Olympic lifting or like anything. I had no clue what was going on. Like it was me and my friends because my best friend, one of my best friends from Cancun, she's from Scotland. So her and I were doing this together and she didn't speak Spanish, even less than me. And we were just like, after we went to the real class, we were just watching what everybody else was doing, like copying them. And I have a picture of myself with like the PVC pipe trying to do like, I don't even know, a clean, I think. It's so funny when I think back to it. That's We've had that here, you know, but like the opposite, right? Because we only have one Spanish speaking coach on staff right now. And we've definitely had people join the gym who don't speak English. And it, it's always exactly what you're saying. It's like we're doing our best to communicate. They're doing their best to understand. And there's lots of looking around and being like, do what that guy does. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, well, so what year was that? Do you remember? Um, when I started CrossFit, that was 2014. 2014. Okay. And then you remember the year you started playing soccer? Um, in, originally or? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I started playing soccer when I was like four years old. So okay. So that's been a long, math, long time. <laughs> Yeah, probably like 30 years ago or something. So, so why has staying fit been so important to you for that long? And, and how has it changed over the years? Yeah. Um, so when I think back to like when I was a kid, mm. staying fit was so fun. I made a lot of friends and um, it helped me like grow up, like help me learn how to be a part of a team and find friends, like all of my best friends from high school played soccer like we when we're still friends now and we've gone to each other's weddings and all that um and it was always fun and like I love the competitiveness and like I just love like in terms of soccer like I play defense so like racing someone down the field and like trying to get the ball from is like so exciting <laughs> and, um so that's like really rewarding and um I think then at like high school, college, kind of when I started like drinking and using drugs, it became like an outlet for me when I was like just, you know, doing crazy things and like not even knowing what I was doing, just feeling lost. I always had sports, even while I was drinking and using drugs to like kind of ground me and bring me back to like the middle. Um, and then after I got sober, um, same thing and in a bigger way, it's kind of kept me sober in a way and mm. helped me with my emotional outlet. And it's the only way I can like um, not like numb myself without using drugs and alcohol. Like, you know, you get in that headspace where you can't you don't know what's going on around you and you're just like going as hard as you can in a wad mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about anything else. Your phone's not ringing. You're not thinking about all the stuff you have to do. You're not thinking about not drinking or whatever it may be. Um, so it's been really important to me that way too. And again, it's still a way that I make all my friends. So. Yeah. That, that part's really important. The, yeah. Those have been two common threads with like almost everybody we've had on the show so far is the benefit to mental health that this does for us. And the making friends with people you would like to be friends with, you know? Right. Because when you get in your 30s, how do you find that, you know? Yeah, it's so hard. And even before I joined CrossFit, when I, we moved to Florida, I had soccer friends because mm. that was the first thing I did. Mm. And I'm still friends with all of them. But but yeah, in terms of mental health, it's like any day where I'm having a bad day, I was like, I got to get to the gym. I have to do something. I got to get out of the house. I got to get out of my head. And the only way I can do that is like working out. 
So you have, you, you hinted on a little bit, you have a wild injury history. Yeah. You have, you have more, more leg injuries than any person I think I've ever met. Um, what about Joe Carey? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got 50 years on you, so he's allowed to. Yes. Um, by the way, he's coming on the show. Uh, just spoiler alert. It's going to be so much fun. Um, so tell me about your copious amounts of, of lower body injuries, right? Yes. So I've had six knee surgeries, three on each side, but it wasn't always even <laughs> until my last one. But yeah, I mean, it started when I was 16 years old. Um, so it's hard to remember a time when I was didn't have an injury or wasn't coming back from an injury or playing with a knee brace. Mm. Um, and it's tough. It's I remember I'll never like I I can picture in my mind every single time it happened with and those knee injuries were torn ACLs for everybody listening. I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, it's pretty much like having your knee blow blown out. Um, and with that were like meniscus tears and everything mm. else that comes along with it. Normally you don't tear an ACL just by itself. Um, and like when I was 16, I didn't really realize how significant the injury was. I was just like, oh, this is like this injury and I'm yeah, going to get it better. And senior year olds bounce back pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't know enough about the injury, I think, and how to how it is fixed. And there's decisions to be made about how you can fix it, meaning like a cadaver graft and all that stuff. And so my parents chose like a patella tendon graft. Mm. And it, I rehabbed eight months. I waited. I didn't play soccer. I didn't do anything except like running in a straight line. And then I finally like played. And the very first time I played again, it tore. Oh my gosh. And that happened to me twice. So, um, when I, that was my right leg and that happened in high school. And then I went, I got better. I went off to college. I joined the soccer team in college. Um, and then my sophomore year, I tore my left knee and it was off season. It was in the winter. It was in an indoor, both of my yeah, all three, four, three out of four times that I tore them were um, in indoor settings. And then those other surgeries were just like um, ones where they went in and like modified some things. So not ACL reconstruction, just four ACL reconstructions and two, well, you know, other for, knee surgeries. And but for still. anyone who doesn't know, like indoor soccer is way more physical than outdoor soccer. Yeah. It's, it's like hockey, but on, think, on fake grass with walls. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has to do with the surface. Yeah. Like, mm. Um, the gym floor, it's just, I think basketball players tear their ACLs and stuff, the pivoting mm -hmm. and everything, um, for me. And then I think grass just has more give. So you have a little bit more cushioning or at least in my case, but yeah. Oh, so when so. you, when you played, you played on like basketball flooring. Yeah. So oh. in high school it was on basketball flooring. Um, and then in college when I did, it, it was like a, like cheap looking AstroTurf. Yeah. That's kind of I indoor. That's how I yeah. Played on. Yeah. yeah. So different ones, but same. So yes, um, yeah, I think I think in these injuries affected my mental health and in a way it was probably why I drank and used drugs for a while, just one of the many reasons, but including genetics and other things. But because um, I, I was so devastated, like every time it happened after the, the first time, I didn't really understand what was happening, right? I was just like, oh, I'll be fine. Like, mm -hmm. I'll get back to playing. And I did, like, I have to give myself credit, like, I went back in like my senior year of high school and then my senior year of college, I like went back out and played just as good as I did before the injury. So I feel grateful because I know a lot of people get these injuries and then can't play at the same level mm -hmm. or don't want to mm -hmm. or don't want to do the work. But yeah, it's been emotionally devastating, like spiritually devastating. It's really hard. Um, but it's also like I don't know another way because this has been my life like from the get go. Um, 
So with CrossFit, I think I've only seen positive things from CrossFit because all of my injuries have been at soccer. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to make sure I say that. So yeah. You not get six yes. ACL tears at, right, at our gym. Right. <laughs> and I want to make sure everybody knows that CrossFit has helped me get mm. in better shape and like help the muscles around my knees and my ligaments um, do better and be more fit for when I do go because I still play now. <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> Even Insanity. though I probably shouldn't. But, um, but yeah, it's like, I feel like if it was some other type of gym routine, I might not be able to do it. But with CrossFit, there's ways to modify and um, the way that the workouts are set up. It's just it helps my knees get stronger instead of tearing them down, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love it. Yeah, I feel like I yell at you every time I hear you play soccer, but yes, um, I agree. You know, strengthening strengthening your leg muscles, strengthening the rest of your body, getting your core better, getting your balance better, like those are the kind of things that stop those injuries from happening, and that's what we do here. So right, exactly. Now, how did you find us back when we were CrossFit Cape Coral, right when you first started here? Yeah, so I um, my history with like CrossFits here in Florida. It's interesting because so we had um, done it in Mexico and mm -hmm. Cancun and then we decided to move here. And the reason we moved here is because my parents had a snowbird house here. They were going back and forth between Philly and here. And they were like, you can just stay at our house and then you figure out like where you want to live. Um, and we had never been to Cape Coral. And we were like, OK, like we didn't know. <laughs> we were like, fuck Florida. OK. Um, and so the first thing I did was like Google a gym when I got here and we went to a different gym in the Cape and it was good, but it felt, um, very intimidating. Like I said before, and I was still like in the phase where I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know how to like do all the lifts yet. And everybody was very competitive and I just felt like I couldn't keep up and it was really like getting me down. And mm. I was like, I can't do this. I don't like CrossFit. Like, so I ended up quitting and uh, I thought I was like done with CrossFit. I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is, <laughs> this is not for me. And, um, so I quit and then I was just playing soccer. And then I think it was the summer of 2015. I had a soccer teammate who was part owner of what was CrossFit Hurt. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, trying, trying to recruit us girls to come into her gym and I was like, oh, no, like I did CrossFit. It's not for me. I don't really like it. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. It's too competitive. I couldn't keep up. And I was just getting frustrated with myself. And she was like, no, my gym's not like that. Like, you should try it. And like, I didn't understand at that, that point that CrossFit gyms have different environments and different cultures yeah. and that it could be so different. I was just thinking this is the sport and it's not for me. So I was like, oh, fine. And at that point, because I was like, I felt heavier than normal. And I was like, yeah, I'll. I need something else besides soccer because this is not enough. So I went in with her and did a workout, which with what was CrossFit hurt at the time. And it was fun. And it was smaller, not a lot of people, but all fitness levels, not like all of these six packs and yeah. like really fit, like 20 year olds, like lifting heavy weights and doing crazy things, which I had seen at the other gym. This was like moms and older people and like people from all levels of fitness. And I was like, oh, I... I fit in better here. Like, this is nice. And I liked it. So I kept going and I kept going. So I ended up like joining and then CrossFit Hurt got bought out by CrossFit Cape Coral. So <laughs> I didn't know much about CrossFit Cape Coral at that time. And I was kind of like sad at that point because I had this little like group that I liked at, at CrossFit Hurt. 
And we were going to go through this big change where um, CrossFit Cape Coral took over. And I was like, I don't know what's going to be like. Mm. There's going to be new people, new coaches. Like, what's going to happen? Um, but it ended up being really awesome. So I'm glad it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It was That was a fun transition when we we kind of because it was it was different we didn't just take over the gym we like moved into the gym yes we left our old location which was uh not as nice as this one and not, definitely not as big as the one we're in right now um so that must have been a, a pretty strange feeling really like we were like moving in and changing things to the place that it kind of felt like your guys house right yes yeah. yeah and it was in this building i've been in this building since 2015 yeah oh, man, i haven't thought about that or because for us it's 16 yeah for us it's only been a couple of years but right well, so I, I remember we were being very specific. We were having uh, staff meetings like we have to be as inclusive as possible of these people because they're going to feel like we're coming in and stepping on their stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we did our, you know, we did our best. I don't know if we did a perfect job, but we definitely did our best to do that because we kept quite a few CrossFit Hurt members for a very long time. So must not have done too terrible a job. No, it was good. It was, again, a different um, environment and culture than the other places that I had been. And I had been several places at this point the one in mexico the first one we went to here in cape crossfit hurt and then now this new one and i'm mm. like okay it was more people just more coaches that were like more knowledgeable um you guys i felt like had plans for everything and like were like structured even from the beginning i know you're even more structured now <laughs> but but um i was like okay i think this will be good so it ended up being good well cool i'm glad to hear that yeah um so you you were also a staff member here for many years, right? Um, some amount of time after that, I can't remember what it was really at this point, but um, remember I I took over fully and we I had this plan to kind of restructure the gym, uh, take us down a new path, you know? Mm -hmm. And you, at the time, Shannon, Jim, Brad, right? Like we, you guys helped me clarify the vision of, of what eventually Sharkbite was going to be. I mean, it was, it was just the framework back then, you know, but, yeah. um, and it was not very organized or <laughs> lots of learning curves. <laughs> um, what's it been like being along the ride for like, for so many changes, right? So like you were, you were at CrossFit Herd, then, then we took over and then I changed a whole lot of stuff shortly after that. And then we changed our name. We did an entire <laughs> rebrand. We opened up two more locations, right? Yeah. We, that's, during a little time in there, we became an online gym. Like, yeah. uh, what's it been like being through all those those transitions? It's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I think, I think for myself, I've learned so much because a lot of us that started CrossFit way back, like, learn think about CrossFit oh, as <laughs> was one thing, like, that is like this thing of working out really hard and you have like your mindset that you think about what CrossFit is. You you work out really hard, you get PRs, do this and that. And so basically when you took over like, and you were going down the, the new path uh, with CrossFit Cape Coral and then Shark Bite, you taught me that that's really not what CrossFit is. And like, I learned about like what's really happening with gyms and what path everyone's going down in terms of like kind of breaking away from CrossFit and doing their own thing, but still keeping the same pillars of functional fitness and, and what you need to run a successful gym and stay close to your core values. And I had never like thought of that. I'm like, Oh, you just, you know, you join CrossFit, you pay a fee, like, and then members that are good at CrossFit become coaches. Like that's like <laughs> what you learn. Right. <laughs> right. Um, 
so it, I think it like many things, it took me a little while to like get on board because I'm like, oh, this is not what I learned or knew before. But and then I learned it. I'm like, OK, like this makes sense to me. And honestly, it's what I wanted in the beginning. Like why I quit the first place was exactly what you try to prevent now by doing no sweat intros and being welcoming to everyone and creating an environment, a culture where this fitness thing is for everybody and it's not even considered just crossfit and that's like what i needed back then mm -hmm. but i just didn't like understand or know like i didn't have the words for that um so it's been interesting and then when you change when you change the name to shark bite again i fought you on that too <laughs> i was like what <laughs> that was so sad but you know it's just hard for me to like you know change is hard and it takes me a little bit to get on board but then i get on board and and i have to say one thing is that i trust you i just know that you know this facility the culture and fitness in general so i believe you when you say things even though they're crazy <laughs> at first uh, and sometimes i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> we're not doing that <laughs> Um, and then you're already doing it. That's normally <laughs> what happens. Um, but yeah, I know it takes me a little bit, but normally I come on board and I'm like, okay, this, this makes sense. And then I, it always works out and it always is like a better, we're in a, we're better for it. We're better facility and, um, group. So yeah, I mean, I definitely fought you on the name thing. Cause I, I just love the name CrossFit K Coral, but you know, we have that in the past. It's part of our history. So mm -hmm. I don't have to let go of it altogether. <laughs> yeah. You, you just gave everybody an insight to our, our original staff meetings as we were putting those together. It was like you, Jim, and Shannon telling me like, hold on, let's slow down. And me yes. being like, too late. We've already started. <laughs> I'm like, wait, this is a very big decision. Did you think about this? And you're like, I've been thinking about it for three years. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> that, that's how it'd be like, all right, guys, I want to move the toilets. And you guys would be like, hold on. We yes. need to think about this for a long time. And I'd be like, look, I already took one of the toilets off. It's too late. Yes, that's we're, exactly. We're, we're down the path. You're, you're explaining exactly what it's like to work for you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've made a decision that makes it so that you can't say no to this at this point. <laughs> I used to get like annoyed because I'd be like, why? Like, but I knew by the time you were telling us you had already done it or already been half done doing whatever the thing is that you were bringing up to us. And then I would get so mad because I'm like, why can't he tell me when it's like in the idea stage so I can prepare myself? I'm like, we can all prepare. Okay, this is coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a thing. You're happening soon. No, it just felt like drop a bomb on us. Because well, I knew a lot of the times you guys were going to try to talk me out of it. So <laughs> Yeah, the best, it still the, did. It never worked. The best way to ensure you can't talk me out of it is to be 40% done already. <laughs> Yeah, have <laughs> time and money and resources invested in it. So again, that's definitely something I tried to fight you on forever. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm not even surprised because this is just how he is. <laughs> <laughs> now Katie, Katie and Sue and Val will have to deal with that. So right, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I know that two things that are really important to you in a gym, right? And you know, they're important to me also uh, are feeling comfortable and safe, kind of like that feeling of like inclusivity, right? And then giving back to the community, right? Why do those matter to you? How have we done that? Because you were part of a bunch of initiatives we did here for those things, right? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those things are important to me in general, like in life and in my life, like with sobriety and, you know, writing and just like what I want to do with my life, like trying to make a difference, giving back to the community and like making people feel safe. is mm. like a general 
sense of just like what I want to do with my life. So of course it would also be important for me, like in a gym setting. And it, I feel like some people are like, why would you even need that in a gym setting? But I think about that, like everywhere I go, everything, like from what business I'm buying from to whatever. And obviously gyms, you pay for membership. So it's important, like what you're spending your money on, like what you're contributing to. Um, mm -hmm. So the values of an organization are important to me. And I knew from the get-go that your values aligned with mine by how you, I helped you like write them in the beginning. Um, and also I feel like with gyms, it can be um, a vulnerable space, especially for women, just, you know, not like the Globo gym because at the Globo <laughs> gym, you know, guys come up to you and like, you know, say things or try to like correct your form. That doesn't happen here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> doesn't happen in CrossFit really in general, I would say, but who knows? Every gym is different. Um, so that's good. But also just like, you know, shutting down if people are gossiping or talking about anybody or things that are making you feel uncomfortable going on. And then that has happened in the past and it's been shut down very quickly um, and taken care of. And I appreciate that. And I, I wish that for everyone, not just for me, I want everyone to feel safe and comfortable. And like, we all come here with our different ideas and our different beliefs and different values. And like the people that maybe didn't have the same values as us as an organization and you, maybe went and found a different gym and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. And I think I always encourage everybody, but I have encouraged you to like, just stick to what you really believe. And some people won't like that. Some people will leave and that's okay. Um, what was the other part of that question? Well, so on what you just said, I think yeah. that like, you know, it's a super turbulent time in the world right now, yeah. you know? And like, so our mission is improve the lives of our members through fitness, nutrition, community, and camaraderie. Right. Mm -hmm. And, to have to be able to do that, you have to feel like okay and happy going into a place. You know, you, yeah. you can't walk into that place and be like, "Man, I wonder if someone's going to be a dick to me today." Mm -hmm. We just you just can't have that, right? Because yeah. you can't achieve that mission with that. You know, um, I think it's a really good point what you said. Some some people don't. That's not important to them, and that's yeah. okay. Right? Know? Yeah. And it's hard to live your values every day and through your organization and also to find organizations that align with your values. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. So I want to acknowledge that and like understand that, you know, it's not 100 percent every day or like some days are harder than others or your, you know, these values are in motion and will be edited when they need to be. And, you know, every day is different, but you try really hard to stick to them and make changes as you progress. Mm -hmm. So I admire that. Cool. Thank you. So the, the next part was giving back to the community. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, all really important to me and just in life in general, I feel like what's the point of us being here if we're not going to like help? Yeah. Um, so, you know, our competitions here with Reindeer Games give back the Toys for Tots. Um, and we've selected other charities in the past to give back to. Um, I can't think of the exact ones at this moment, but but that's always been a goal of this organization. And again, written into the values um, and like the blood drives that you're doing right now. Um, and those kinds of things are important to me because again, like, why are we here? Why are we doing this if we're not like, giving back and helping people. And um, I've even talked to you about doing sobriety type things here at the gym. And you have always been really responsive about that. You 
offered this facility to me for those things. And I appreciate that. And I hope we can do more of that in the future. Um, and it just means that your heart's in the right place and that you're willing to help people. And, um, oh, and also this facility is in a community, right? Because we need to give back to the people that mm -hmm. are part of this community mm -hmm. and like live and work here. And there's people, um, that have certain jobs like firefighters and police officers and we do things for them and we run their five K's and, you know, we stick by them and know that they're supported. And, um, you know, we are, an organization in a community. So we want to give back to the community that we're in because that's the whole point of having a business here, right? Yeah, right. Like that's that's small business. That's local yeah. business, right? If, you know, we don't expect Amazon to do that because Amazon doesn't have a place they call home, right? Right, exactly. Um, I love Cape Coral. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not from here, but I love this place, you know? Right. Um, and I'm growing to love the rest of Southwest Florida now. And I, so we try to do something at least quarterly, right? Per gym, um, like, Katie Miller, who's on the podcast recently, is actually in charge of all of our community outreach stuff right now. So the cool. one you sent me, I sent over to her. She's, she's vetting it and finding out how we can work with it. Awesome. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like I'm, I'm as a military member, very um, specific about which military charities we'll yeah, work with, you know. As you should be. Yeah. Everybody um, should be when they vet the charities mm -hmm. that they give to. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, like what? Why are we being a local business? Why are we being a community business if we're not going to give back to that community, right? Right. It's just, it's not about just collecting people's money and giving them a workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something bigger. So. Well, then, I mean, anybody who hears this, right? Like any of our members, it's pretty easy to convince me to work with one of our charities, yes. right? Yes. It's just got to be something one of our people care about. Get it to me. And if it's something we can realistically do, we we just do it, you know? Right. Remember you and me dropping off the food for Thanksgiving that oh, yeah. one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we... That's the other one I think I was trying to think of. We, we didn't plan out where to drop it off well enough. So yeah. we're like driving around downtown Fort Myers giving food away. <laughs> no, that's okay when we finally went there. But yeah, but yeah, you have to like plan the drop off. But yeah, we'll, we're learning what other charities need stuff. Oh, I think um, Ryan Peterson and Katie organized one for ACT. Yeah, that was which fantastic. Which is awesome. Yeah, we dropped off supplies that they need at that facility. So that was another good one. Um, so you have now been working out a very, very long time, as we've established, right? Too long. <laughs> uh, you said it in the beginning, right? Like this can be intimidating. Yeah. And, and even our place can be intimidating. Like starting a fitness or a health routine can be extremely intimidating, right? What would you say to somebody who was thinking about starting, but was, you know, afraid, intimidated, nervous, anxious? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I would say I feel your pain. Um, and like, that's not weird that you feel that way. That's normal. And also that it's important that you find a place where you feel safe and comfortable and you're part of a community and your community does things like give back. All of those things, I think, make you feel more comfortable starting something new or being with new people. Um, the reason I love CrossFit and like Shark Bite is because you get to be in a class where the coach is like explaining everything to you and you're like in a group doing things together. You're not like by yourself, although you do offer personal training, which is awesome, too. Um, I'm just saying I just like the group setting because you have people like talking to you and cheering you on and you're not alone. You're not like trying to learn this thing by yourself. You mm -hmm. have a coach, high level coaching that explains exactly what you're supposed to be doing in a safe way. Um, so basically all you have to do is show up. And that's a little bit less intimidating, I would say, when you know that all you have to do is show up walk through the door and someone's going to explain to you exactly what you need to do and you're going to get a good workout and everything will be great. I also would say it gets easier as the years go on <laughs> to keep showing up, even though I've been through a lot of crap, like 
injuries. I just had a baby and um, it's been mentally tough for me right now because I felt like I was very fit before and in a good place with like what I was achieving here and like my PRs and my gymnastics. And so, you know, it's kind of not starting over, I would say, because I worked out during my pregnancy, but, you know, just not being able to do some of the same things. So I feel those frustrations. But you know, just like life, the up and down and up and down. You just got to keep showing up, keep showing up and remember like why you're doing the thing. So like two years ago, I was doing the thing because I wanted to get a really high clean PR and try to get a muscle up. <laughs> now I'm doing the things because I want my mental health to be stable so I can take care of my baby. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to get out of my house and like get out of my head for the day and I want to just show up and complete the workout and that looks a little bit different so our goals change oh, that was gonna be my next question but you got to it so <laughs> yeah awesome um is there anything else you want to talk about Kelly mm, I don't think so. oh I think I didn't say where people can find me uh, I was gonna ask okay. that next yeah so yeah guys uh Kelly like I said runs a the, the sober senorita blog so where would they find you on the, on the internet where would they find you on social media yes so on the internet it's sobersenorita.com and then on Instagram, the Sober Senorita, Facebook, the Sober Senorita. And you can follow my TikTok, which is Kelly Fitzhunko. Awesome. Well, th those will be in the show notes, uh, so they'll be easy to click on if you guys want to do that. Um, Kelly, thank you. Thank you for all the work you did when you were a staff member. Thanks, yes. thanks for being a good thank friend. You. Thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the Shark Bite Show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition or on our website at sharkbitefitness.com. If you'd like to find out more about our guests, their information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to talk to us about getting more fit, feel free to schedule a free no-sweat intro at one of our locations in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or Naples, Florida.